Hey gang, welcome to episode 94 of the No Proscenium podcast, your guide to everything immersive. I'm your host, Noah Nelson, coming to you from Los Angeles. This week on the show, um, what's probably going to be one of my favorite episodes for a while, two of the best immersive actors in Los Angeles, Dasha Kittredge and Kate Lane, are here to talk with me, and it's it's one of those it's one of those conversations that just kind of goes a little here and goes a little there. Um, it's a fun hangout, and you're about to enjoy it. But we've got so much to talk about before we get to the interview. First up, now as always, want to give a shout out to our latest Patreon backers, John Pedroza and Kyle Brown, for jumping on this crazy, insane train. We are $1 away from the $200 goal, and once we hit that $200 goal, I got to get on the video chat once a month with the patrons. So if you want that, uh, jump in and throw the money. But if you don't want that, don't not jump in and throw in the money, okay? this just be clear. Patreon is how we pay for all of the kooky schemes that we're up to, and let me tell you, we're up to a lot of kooky schemes and one more thing, uh, I want to get this right, because last week I butchered his name, and John does not deserve that. It is John Lagino. That is John, the proper way to pronounce John's name from last week's shoutouts. Everybody, thank you so much. It really means the world to me that you guys are backing uh, these various ventures of ours. Speaking of various, event- various ventures, one, I'm doing this at night, I'm tired, I just got back from a rehearsal for a show that I will talk to you about when we get into the uh, notes part. Let's do the news. Because, oh man, there's a lot. Okay, here we go. We were busy bees at No Proscenium this week. We published multiple reviews, starting with our review of The Encounter, which is an amazing, amazing feat of immersive storytelling that is currently, it's going to wrap up its run at the Wallace in Beverly Hills, and then it's making its way, uh, it's on tour right now, it's been touring around since it um, left Broadway. Um, It's going to be up in San Francisco. It's definitely one to check out. Um, You can check out the review. Uh, I did not spoil. I tried to write it very, very... um, I'm trying to be a little more, a little less nerdy on my initial reviews. We'll talk about that in a bit. Here's an initial review uh, that's not nerdy, and that is uh, Nicole Clark, who works for the Bold Italic. She has weighed in on the Speakeasy SF for us. We just published that this week. It's a fantastic review from Nicole. Uh, it makes a really great companion piece. It's it's the one you should read first, and then you can read my sort of nerdier, wonkier uh, take that's like notes on the show. But I recommend Nicole's uh, review over my own. Both of these are at our Medium collection, medium.com slash noproscenium. Or if you can't remember that, no dash proscenium. Ugh, I can't remember that. Uh, you can always go to noproscenium.com and and find the link to our medium stuff there. Um, there's a rant by me on alternate reality experiences, why I call them that. Uh, I did a little breakdown, did that earlier in the week. We've got a review of The Nest, which is a Scout Expedition Co.'s amazing sort of uh, a serial, the podcast type mystery story meets 
an escape room. That's how I would describe the nest. The review is by our good friend Juliet Bennett Ryla. That just went up also at the Medium Collection for No Persinium, which again, medium.com slash no dash persinium. There's other stuff out there. Um, our San Francisco curator, Jessica, uh, she wrote a piece uh, out of an interview that she did with the guys at FOMA Labs called Know Your Worth, Money and Building a Career in Immersive Design. Check it out. It is definitely worth the read time there. And last but not least, I encourage you to check out this week's dual episode of My Hot Life. They broke it into two parts. The first part has got reviews of some of the latest work they've seen. I think they talk about The Willows, uh, which I'll I'll talk about in a minute. Uh, They also talk about The Nest, and uh, there's an escape room they went to, and there's a haunt. So kind of a, a, a nice quad there of of experiences they've had. And then they're doing, uh, the, the second part is going to be all about the lust experience, just about the lust experience. The guys are going off. Um, Mike and Russell are fantastic guys. Um, we guest on each other's shows all the time. Uh, this town is definitely big enough, big enough for the three of us. And then some, and then some, uh, so I'm glad to have the guys around. Uh, it was also fun. Russell came to the workshop that Marissa did, uh, and it was it was great being in that with him. So I'm just there are days I just love this community, and this is one of them. Hey, you don't care about what we publish or plugging other people's podcasts. Uh, you barely care about this podcast. Uh, no, I'm joking. You know I know. I, one minute, I love this community. You guys don't care about us. Uh, no. It's late. I'm tired. It's been a really long week. Look at what we did. We did a lot for you guys. Let's get down to the cities. New York City. Hey, uh, there's one that we kind of messed up in the listings. Clinically Happy is taking place April 15th. So that is Saturday. Uh, Emotional Physical Theater presents Clinically Happy, a multimedia show that follows the participants of a clinical trial to discover the scientific root of happiness. That will be in the show notes. All the stuff's going to be in the show notes. So don't worry about that. It's going in. This week, it's going to go on the No Persinium Facebook page. More on that in a second. The Night Heron's Threesome Toll Booth. Well, well. April 13th to the 29th. These are the guys who once did um, a bar inside a water tower in Brooklyn. They got the magic touch. They really do. So... You might want to check that out if you're in New York City. Um, here's here's one. Here's one. I found something. Um, <laughs> this is one we haven't talked about before, uh, and we totally should have talked about, uh, probably because I didn't go see it, though, which is why we didn't talk about it, which is Derek Delgado. Delgado. Sorry. There, there I am. Or maybe I did cut it right. Derek Delgado. I don't know. Ah, I'm not good with names. We know I'm not good with names. That is a thing. That is a thing. It's a horrible, horrible thing. I wish it wasn't true. Um, in and of itself, just Google it. If you're in New York, this show is... I've had friends go to it. They talk about it. They're like, it's amazing. It's a magic show. I think Frank Haas directed it. Like, Yoda helped direct it. Like, maybe I'm wrong. I'm getting the facts wrong here. It's late. Get off my case. Um, all I know about it is that it's supposed to be totally fucking amazing. So there, there, go see that show. Let's go to Oregon. Do, do, let's go to Oregon. Manifesto, 
April 15th through May 14th. This show, it's a devised theater piece. Um, this one sounds like it's really going to be intense. What happens when misogynistic text is manifested in a woman's body? Manifesto is a devised performance based on the 150-page document Elliot Roger wrote before carrying out the 2014 killings in Isla Vista. That's a really intense subject. That's why my voice shifted modes. Um, it sounds utterly fascinating. I think I mentioned it on the show last week, but April 15th through May 14th. Also in Oregon, Overlook Film Festival, they announced their lineup this week. So perk your ears up. April 27th through the 30th, four days at Horror's Most Iconic Hotel. Now, here's the thing. I'm not going to read off all the films, but I am going to tell you they've got a special version like a, a recreation of Annie Lesser's Apartment 8. It's called The Chalet. It's going to be there. Kate Lane, subject of this episode, is in that show. New work from Blackout, the originators of the Extreme Haunt experiences. They're going to be up there. A 360 video experience mule that just, sound, it just sounds terrifying. Just sound, just, there you go. I'm just going to say that. And the weekend-long event known only as the Immersive Horror Game which is their signature event, which um, is like 90% of the reason to go or something. No, it's the films and everything else, but people talk about this game something fierce. Let's go to San Francisco real fast. This is what I was trying to look up uh, right before I realized my Wi-Fi was off, um, and then I had to erase a bunch of stuff because I was talking about that and not talking about the news, and here I am doing it again because I'm tired. Uh, a Fuchsia Hotel is being remounted in San Francisco, not at the battery, somewhere else. The FOMA Lab guys are setting it up. I do believe it's towards the end of April. I don't have the dates for you. They will be in the show notes. And they got a write-up in SF Weekly this week. Now, buckle up. We're going to LA. And we've got a depth to LA uh, like you wouldn't believe because, oh God, it's getting crazy out here. Um, first up, let's just stay in April. For a second here, April 23rd, A Night at the Colony, the annual fundraiser for Unbound Productions, the people do Wicked Lit, that's going on there. Uh, outside the immersive wheelhouse, um, that sort of same weekend, April 21st through the 23rd, at the Getty Villa, our friends from Four Larks, uh, who are wonderful, amazing, movement-based theater people, they've got uh, a piece that they're workshopping about the Homeric hymns. So it's only like $7. It's at the Getty Villa. If you've never been to the Getty Villa, oh my God, here's your excuse. Go to the Getty Villa, check this out. I'm going to try and wedge it into my insane schedule because I love Four Larks and I love the Getty Villa. I'm just, I'm just a sucker for this whole idea. Now we're going to turn to May. And the first thing I want to talk to you about May uh, is it's like, like it's a monster that's coming towards us because it is. Um, first, May 1st is when Hollywood Fringe tickets go on sale. And Fringe is usually all about word of mouth and catching up. Mm, not this year. No, no, no. Not for us immersive people. There's some shows dropping, like Apartment 8 and the Speakeasy remounting uh, parts one and two of the Kansas collection that you're just going to want to jump on. Um, uh, there's some other companies that haven't announced yet. Uh, you're going to want to jump on those tickets. Uh, we're going to we're gonna show Fringe something they've never seen before, which is shows selling out before day one of the Fringe. Why? No, I think they've seen that before. Shows selling out in week one's a ticket being on sale. Why? Because we can. Because we can, everyone. Um, so there's that. That's number one. Number two, 
Um, this one is very important if you want to jump into the scene here. Uh, Friday, May 5th and Saturday, May 6th in Plummer Park in West Hollywood, by appointment only, the Rogue Artists Ensemble is doing their uh, auditions for the season. This matters to us because they've got this piece called The Caden Project, Walls Go Thin, Grow Thin, which is a co-production with East-West Players. This is an immersive piece based on elements of Japanese folklore, uh, and they're going to have a large traversal be part of this from what's been explained to me. Um, I'm very excited about this development of this piece and to see where things are going, and you could be a part of it if you set up yourself an appointment. There will be notes in the show notes to find that there. Look, we're trying to get your work here, okay? So keep along with that. Now, let's talk about other things happening the first weekend in May. Um, if if you're thinking, hey, sometimes I want to come to Los Angeles to see, is there a show going on? Oh, there's a show going on the first weekend in May. Watch this one, everybody. Johnny, part three, The Living, the conclusion of the Speakeasy Society's Johnny cycle, which, by the way, you don't need to have seen the first two parts. You can just come and see what happens when they do a full-length show. It's totally worth it. That opens on May 5th. Our friends over at Play Arts Collaborative, they've been doing a bit with Airbnb for a while. Uh, It's called The Last Supper. It's a very, very sacrilegious take on The Last Supper. Uh, It got a a nasty little write-up in the UK press. Why the UK press is paying attention to immersive theater in Los Angeles. Um, I, I love that fact. I think it's because they're looking for controversy. Well, they found some. They found some. Uh, that's what the Play Arts kids have been up to the Last Supper on May 5th. Now, roll back a day. Go to May 4th. The Willows, which I got a chance to catch a dress rehearsal of. And this one is from the folks at Creep LA, Justin Fix and his company. And they are cooking with gas. They've got an intimate piece for a, a limited audience in this beautiful house. Um, it's 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 kind of like a gothic horror piece. Um, definitely definitely my wheelhouse for horror. Uh, and they're looking to stand this one up and keep it going for a while. And I think they got a really good shot at it. It is taking its first bow on May fourth. On May sixth at the Hollyhock House, which is a historic monument here in Los Angeles, Kate Jobson, who is an amazing director, is standing up Fufu and her friends with Circle X Theater. That's one that's going to have very limited seating. The tickets, I mean, I think are already blown out. And frankly, with the way the schedule is, I think I'm not going to get a chance to see it. So if you go, please tell me how it is, and I'll be hella jealous of you. May 6th, I will be going to Chalk Rep's fundraiser, Anesthesia. I almost said anesthesia, it's anesthesia. That's going to be their first foray into immersive. There's some really great writers who are working on it, and they've got some special tweets going on. Also on May 6th, uh, Henry Hoke and uh, Home LA are doing uh, a, a mashup of intertext, and, and it's not just Henry does intertext, I'm sorry, Henry's mind, name came to mind. Uh, that's going to be over at the Nutra House, which is another sort of historic monument in Los Angeles. Uh, and they're doing a couple of performances that day. May 6th also happens to be Obscura Day. Atlas Obscura is big. Hey, let's go check out Weird Stuff Day. So, you know, do not 
come into my timelines the first weekend in May and tell me that you're bored. All right. You can't tell me from May 4th through May 6th, you can't come to me and say you're bored. Don't ask me what to do. There's too much to do. Luckily, some of these shows like Johnny and the Willows and Fufu, they they all happen on weekends afterwards as well. But don't come to me that weekend and tell me you don't know what's going on because I just told you everything is going on. Everything. And if you were thinking, maybe I'll come down to L.A. that weekend and then come back for French. Honestly. I've never seen a weekend like that before. I was doing the notes before the show. I was like, are you freaking kidding me? Um, Now, uh, I don't think there's time enough for me to do a rant this week, so I'm going to skip it. But I am going to tell you a couple of things real fast. One, Everything Immersive is the new Facebook group. It is popping off. We're going to hit 500 people next week. Uh, It's amazing. Here's what I need most of all. I need folks from New York to stand up and start representing even harder than they are now. And if you're an international listener of this show and you use Facebook, please come on to Everything Immersive and tell us what you are finding out in the world. We are very LA and San Francisco heavy because that's how the personal networks roll and I want to expand and blow past that, all right? This this is about Everything Immersive, not just what's happening in my neighborhood. It's what's happening in your neighborhood as well. The Slack channel, which you can reach us by emailing us. You'll get that email later after the show. It's doing great too. More people all the time. Um, Everything Immersive has actually helped with that, which is like really exciting. We're on the Twitter. We're on the Facebook. Here's what you need to know. Here we go. We're going to dive into the episode now because this is probably another like 30-minute opener. Dasha Kittredge and Kate Lane are both amazing. They are amazing performers to have in a show to be every time I'm I'm going to say it every time I'm in a scene with them that's what it feels like that I'm working a scene with them that we are we are we're not just I'm not watching a performance we're co-creating a moment a theatrical moment that can that only exist for a barest sliver of time like that perfect rehearsal that the audience never gets to see it's that. If you're an actor, you know what I'm talking about. If you're not an actor, let me tell you, that's one of the reasons to be an actor, is to have that moment. And I've gotten to have those with Dasha, and I've gotten to have those with Kate, and I wouldn't trade those moments for anything except maybe my cat to be immortal. That's probably the only thing I'd trade it for. And one last thing before we start, Dasha is currently in Urban Death at Zombie Joe's Underground Theater in North Hollywood. Plays every Saturday in April. I'm checking it out out this Saturday, April 15th. So if you see me there, don't sneak up on me because you know I'll elbow you. I was going to say like, because I'm scared. No, I just, I'll elbow you. Just don't, don't sneak up on me. I don't want to elbow anybody. All right, this one's a lot of fun. See you on the other side. Uh, Dasha and Kate, Kate and Dasha, thank you for coming over to my 
ancient apartment. Thank you for having us. Yeah. So ancient. Yeah, it's very old. Filled with <laughs> filled with scary spiders that destroy my hands. Don't uh, tell me that. No. I don't I don't know what it was. It could have been I saw like a centipede outside the day before. And Actually was, most um bug bites are not spiders. Oh. Spiders rarely bite. Google it. It's a, a fun fact. Okay. It's a it's a it's a common misconception. So did you look up what the most common bite was? Um it's usually like I don't know. I don't know what the most common bug <laughs> bite is, but it's usually other uh, other bugs. Uh, other other little Spiders, beasties. Spiders like rarely bite unless they really have to. That makes sense. Makes sense to me. The reason if you I mentioned... roll on him and he's on your bed, he's going to want to bite you. Yeah, that's true. So maybe it did that. Maybe it did. You're at I... your ex-boyfriend's house and a black widow is like trying to uh, embody the ex-boyfriend's Yeah, we were and... in like a, a house of, of my ex's and, and then she got like bitten by, like a, had a serious bite. And the house feels like it was trying it's to just haunted and like it, it feels like this ominous... Recently, it's felt more light. Yeah, but, no, um, we really did last time, but yeah, because no, we weren't dating. <laughs> <laughs> right. There's yeah, houses. That is an interesting thing. Houses can wind up feeling. Um, I don't know. Like I waffle back and forth on on how much of the supernatural I put stock in. Me too. Um, Same. Honestly, yeah. But there's. I've had a few. Weird moments. My favorite one was uh, <laughs> they're like, "When is it going to talk about the theater, guys? We're going to get there. All right, just calm down." So um, I was I was in the park by my mom's house with the two dedicated materialists I knew at the time, and I was definitely more in one of my spooky moods. And we were there. Oh, I don't know, like one o'clock in the morning. It was after we had been vampire larping or something. And we're walking through, and it's a moonlit night. And we, we come. So to you work. were in the mood. We were in the mood. <laughs> and 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 we were mostly we were going there mostly because like my, my mom was like crashed out and like we couldn't like hang out and like yabber for a while. And I think I was like caffeinated up. And we're in the front part of the park, and this park had a reputation for being. Uh, like the home of Hell's Angels, like in like the seventies and whatnot. So it, like it had some like some darkness to it, and it was also the place that my entire childhood we would tell stories about. So we're, we're going along uh, by by the creek, and through like the little bit of trees that are there, and we look over, and just the way the light is kind of falling through the trees, it looks like there's this like seven foot tall like pale capped like with like this almost like this like v-shaped like lapel going up like robed figure standing amidst the trees and i i stop and i turn to the guys and i'm like do you see and they're like i don't like the vibes like we all saw something and it wasn't a person it was like a silhouette and it looked like it turned towards us. And we're just like, you know, let's just go by the church. Let's go over to the church and hang out by the church. So. But you all saw the same thing? We all saw something. Like, we, so we that's had not anim- the same. Yeah, but there's a, there was something. Yeah. And then some, yeah, something bad yeah. over there. There's something bad. And I think, and we, we all had the sense that it, like, Didn't looked want. at us. Yeah. Right? Like, something Good. was looking at us. Oh, man. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that reminds me. I think spaces have... Things I don't know. Honestly, at the the 2012 Delusion House, there's like there was a thing with the light where the 
house it felt like was like playing tricks with us and fucking up our show our... oh you can okay yes yeah. <laughs> it was like the light was you can ruining <laughs> this moment and it was going on in the foyer in the opening scene in the 2012 show um the blood right and that moment when um he jumps up the stairs and it's a stunt moment mm-hmm. um the light would just turn on and everyone could just immediately see the wire and he would still jump because he was like, uh, rah, <laughs> jump oh anyway. God. And I and I went to Victor, the assistant director, and I was like, Victor, who is like bumping against the light or like someone's like hitting it because it was like, it was like on for just that moment and then turned back off. Weird. And I was like, what the hell? And he was like, no, 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 there's no way that that light can be going on and off because it's the switch for that light is in the locked room where like all of the lights wires were it's sealed with wax <laughs> <laughs> we've, we've we've we had a priest uh come by no no but he was like there's there's no that's not happening i was like it's happening and then right. it happened again when my friend came through and like ruined that moment for my friend's show that like i'd been anticipating oh. that night uh and i was like what is going on it's happening again and he was like i don't know we have to fix and, and john was like yeah that light's going haywire it's like the connection's bad or something and he like he john discounted it as something like that but then that very night we all left and I was like complaining to my friend about how these moments had been ruined in those two particular groups thank god I had eight to ten more performances to get it right (laughs) but that night we were sitting in the car and I was I was like I wonder if we're talking about the supernatural because this had happened right you know and of course because we're doing delusion so we're like going there so, and I look over at the house as I'm like, oh, but I don't know about like supernatural. And I look over and I look into the house and the light in the foyer is going on and off oh. and on and off. Oh. And it's like a, it's like a deliberate, like yeah. on, off, on, off, on, fuck you, we're here, la la la, dun dun. This is why, like, I've always, that's the thing about doing like stuff about haunted things in haunted places. <laughs> just asking for it you know it happened after we came back after the um like thanksgiving break and we extended again into december and the house was just like you've had enough like you've been here you need to go now it's it's christmas time yeah it's christmas time (laughs) i want to haunt different people right um they call it maybe like the people that are uh looking at these things in a scientific way that there might be like you know a time um what do they call it time split time Something like that. Have you ever read A Wrinkle in Time? I haven't read A Wrinkle in okay. Time. You so haven't? Like basically, I feel like I, I, it you, would be. A, yeah. time, a time slip. Should, I think that's what they call it. Yeah. Yeah. So that, like, since we're, like, encroaching this new frontier of, like, quantum physics and, like, time space and how things can be at the same place uh, at the same time, the same thing. Yeah. Um, like, you know, hypothesizing that, like, slips in time happen in these certain spots. So, like... Um, it's just a, a like a a glitch in time almost yeah. like the mechanics of time and so like the that's why the same thing is like happening it's not it's like that energy or it, it's not necessarily an intention it's just it's it's like a, it's a glitch in the matrix yeah like know. ley lines you know how ley lines are like these um, like supposedly like more ma- like Stonehenge is on one like these these places have maybe more like magnetic whatever is going on that time slips happen interesting that's what interests me that always yeah no there's there's always there's always some weird i mean we that that creek and that um that park is like right on a major fault line 
right? Oh, okay. So like on top of that, so yeah, there's been so much research on that. So yeah. maybe that creature came from the depths of it, hell. It could, it could, <laughs> it could very well be. It felt like it came from the depths of hell. <laughs> Let me tell you. Um, I am missing a baby. When when you do you guys like want like still <laughs> we're all crawling up on the seats. It's no. good. Are we just perchers? Yeah, we're just people. <laughs> Sorry. No, it's, it's funny. It's like it's like, <laughs> it's like <laughs> I have to explore the space. It's like, <laughs> before I can go into it. Oh, there's there is that right. There's exploring the space. It's like. Uh, I, I, I kind of lived there. So I was like, it's like they're gargoyles. Um, fun gargoyles. We um, are like gargoyles. Uh, <laughs> we are. This is going to be great. This is going to be a giggly one. Um, on my part, I'm going to be giggling the entire time. Just because you said that we're going to stop giggling. Uh, no, 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 me, <laughs> me, me, me. I'll be, I'll be, I'll be the giggly one. Uh, I've been really giggly. I woke up. The audience is like, oh God, Noah's on a tangent. <laughs> I woke up from a dream laughing this morning. Whoa, I, I I've never done that. I don't know if I've done it myself so that's like happened once to me but that's fun that's yeah so cool. do you remember oh yeah like i the the i mean there's you know how dreams are they collapse into other things but like the the punchline was that i got a bunch of people cosplaying marvel characters thrown out of disneyland and for some <laughs> reason i woke up and i found that really funny like like haha nerds i got one over on you uh of, of all the things um it's appropriate that we talk delusion for a second because uh, Dasha, you've you've done a few of the delusions now. Yeah, I've done four, I guess. Oh wow! Over the span of five years, because there was a gap. Um, yeah. 2012, 2013, 2014. Then there was no show in 15, and I did the 2016 show this past fall. Was that your Was that your first for foray? Ooh, nearly said foyer. Not the right word. I uh, used that word earlier, which may have confused you, because the light was going off in the foyer. Oh, very go. good. Very. Oh, wow. That's a that's a level of linguistic observance that I need to aspire to. Um, you was that your first uh, trip into the immersive zone? Um, yes and no. I mean, that was the first time I was ever like paid as an actor in an immersive experience. But mm. I studied with Mary Overly at. Uh, NYU, who kind of created the viewpoints, I, the idea of viewpoints, which then N. Bogart expanded on. Oh, wow. Um, and I studied with her, and she's an incredibly awesome person just to be around. Um, and we would go out into New York and do pieces of theater that didn't make much sense. It was like movement stuff that would confuse a lot of people outside. And we would just do these things. Sometimes she would be like, just go, just go. Like she couldn't handle class up. Like she was a very interesting and intense and I mean, not, and, and sometimes we were like, wait, we're paying so much per hour at NYU to be here. And, and is, what are we doing, <laughs> you know? But, but the creative process is for this kind of stuff and for like space oriented theater, you know, when it's about space and moving through, when it's really about the space that you're in. And um, so that was kind of the first time that I really liked also the reaction of, of people to theater that was kind of invading their space. Mm. Um, but yeah, Delusion really was, it was the first time I ever really experienced like interactive theater in, in that kind of way and in a professional sense. Okay. Yeah. Kate, what was your first trip into this zone? Into the interactive zone? Um, of the, fir the first... Delusion was actually the first thing I ever saw or experienced. Um, 
in interactive zones. Uh, and then there was no more interacting with the interactive theater until a couple years later with Annie um, did her, her first fringe show at Hollywood Fringe Festival, which was the Getting to Know You. And that was really my first experience. I didn't even really like categorize it as interactive theater until like after. I don't know when people started using that words because it, I, I didn't really know anything about interactive theater I don't I just like was not labeling I was just like oh this is the way that this is done yeah and then um and then uh yeah um that would be the first I guess you saw yeah you saw 2012 delusion or no do you thought you saw 2013 church. yeah in the church yeah. yeah and we don't know whether she saw me or not oh, that's because we didn't know each other then yeah I know that's that's always funny we met in getting to know you yeah no I think the first time I saw you guys first two no I, I went to that show, and that's the first time I ever saw either of you. In Getting so, to Know You. In Getting to Know You. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that, that show was interesting because, you know, it, it wasn't about traversal so much. It was really about, like, these little scenes kept popping up around. Um, and, like, I guess the, the reason why I drew you into the, the Spider's Webs today is that you both, one, I mean, you, you've both been working on a lot of Annie's work, and so there's a lot of interactivity there. Um, you also both and, and both of you. It's you've had a lot of experience here in LA working this kind of work at this point, and I just kind of wanted to get a sense like, what is it? What is it that keeps you coming back into this form? Because there's there's all sorts of other work to be done, right? And like Kate, I know you do. You've got some improv and some cabaret background stuff going on, uh, and um, I, I know Dasha, you've done some web series stuff, and like beyond that, like I haven't done like my googly research. Um, but this is a, is a thread that keeps coming back with with both of you, and you keep on working with Annie. And yeah, like <laughs> like like, is there is there something about this that, that I think hits it's a I mean it's kind of addictive. Yeah, if, if, as an actor, um, it is uh, the people that get a taste of it. I don't really know an actor that um, has tasted it and then been like, ah, no. Some people can't handle it because of the intensity of a show like Delusion where there's like stunts and it's maybe dangerous and they're like, I I can't, you know, work within these means or whatever. Yeah. I don't know. But, I'm going to die if I do this. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. it is there is some danger in, in that show in particular um, because of the stunt element. But um, no, there's something about the eye contact. Hello, bird. <laughs> oh yeah, and they can hear it too. I can hear it in the headphones. So like, here's it. We got uh, loud ones around here. There's something about the eye contact element, and then just just the true emotions that go back and forth between you as an actor and the the participant. I mean, they they feel real feelings, and you get through it with them. And it's this weird support thing that you're they're in your hands, and it's and it's a powerful feeling because they're giving you. All, everything and, and, and trusting you to get them safely through this journey. Um, and then you got to reset and do it again. Yeah. Yeah. And and, and you're working with um, a live wire, like, so you have to take care of them, like, and they have to trust you in this way, but also how do you get them to trust you? It's, like, different for every person, and... Um, there's that kind of addictive element. Like part of the intensity is like, how are we gonna get from point A to point B? If um, 
and you are this kind of person you have like you've come in with this kind of emotional context and like uh your emotional habits are this and like or whatever and you there's something so that keeps you so present and makes it so much more intense mm. because you are um like really working with kind of an untamed animal and have to make them um you know eat their food at night <laughs> it, 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 we, we went and like annie gave a speech at um usc the other day and kate you and i were there and presence came up mm-hmm. and it's interesting because like we talk a lot about presence from the sort of the user side right it's something we steal a little bit from the vr world like oh that sense of presence like you feel like you're really there and you brought it up as a matter of um, the course of the craft of like you need to be present in that moment and then like you reboot and do it again that was something that was part of your apartment eight experience Mm -hmm. um and and sometimes like in in a brief period of time like is it you know is there is there part in, in 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 your practice or in what you do in order to like get back into that moment? Like, how do you? This is for both of you. But like, how do you stay present? Particularly, you know, I can imagine delusion. Sometimes you got people like wandering off, and they may not really because they're dealing with a group. Apartment eight's different. There's almost like an intensity there because uh, it's a one-on-one. Um, is there anything you find that helps keep the thread? going for presence for you while you're performing both for yourself and in relation to the audience we're very different i think in the way that we prepare and reset um dasha and i work together a lot uh like mainly actually through cloak and dagger in which we um are doing interactive theater every tuesday night which has taught us a lot but we'll talk about that later but um we definitely I almost need like a break from the, so like in apartment eight, for instance, like I would need, I wouldn't sustain in between those um, uh, people. Apartment eight real quick was like a one on one person, 10 minute experience with one actor. Um, And uh, so, so often I would find myself like if the person left like crying and he was a big man and (laughs) I would just be like cackling in the bathtub to myself, <laughs> like just to kind of break the uh, the energy of like, okay, whew, that was that, because then it would be, I don't know, because the, I guess for me, if I don't do that kind of like break of, of um, whew, now I'm here and this is this, is like uh, I bring in kind of the last person's mm. um, thing. And yeah. also, maybe it was just too much to not have those moments where I'm like, <laughs> yeah, because because was- ten minutes was um, enough to like. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was. You like was- crossed. You like crossed your eyes because it was. It was. A, it, was a, it was a really fucking intense piece, and people didn't know what they were getting into if if, they, if someone hadn't told them until they were like. You know, took a blindfold off them, and then suddenly, boom, they're in a scene, yeah. and it just sustained itself for that that ten minutes, and then then they're out in whatever mode. And I can I can totally get that. I just need to be like, okay, I got to shift out of that headspace for a second and palate cleanse. It's like sometimes when I'm like 
seeing any kind of show and like if the tone is just like oh they're playing like they're playing all the bass keys and there's no, nothing light to like balance it out at a certain point you're just like Bleh, okay that's that's it that button's that button's been pushed too many times i don't have anything left in it but for me i think the energy of the last thing is like clay that i can remold and like pull from for the next group mm. and i like to keep it with me especially if it was a particularly nice group that i really felt like oh they were they were giving back to me and the, you know cause some groups that come through delusion they're really challenging because they're like laughing at it kind of in their energy and their tone and they're like poking fun at it they're not they're not with you yeah and it's really it, it kind of breaks your heart a little bit you're like what are you paying so much money to to laugh, come here and and like judge me or or whatever you're doing whatever negative like looking at and being like oh there's a there's a wire uh you know like like not not being in the world with me or not tr not seemingly trying this vampire isn't really biting me like <laughs> this is stupid like i want to be dying right now yeah like yeah. they'll say those things out loud oh and God. then i'll have to be like <laughs> Jesus. You want to die? What do you mean? And like start crying in front of them, you know? But that that's actually what brings them right. what what impresses them, I've noticed the most those types of people is when you incorporate what the the yeah, crazy yeah, yeah. colloquial things that they're saying into the show and they're like, oh, okay, you're not gonna let anything slide. Yeah. This really is all happening right now. And this person isn't going to pretend like you didn't just say that and the circumstances aren't still real. Yeah. Right. So exactly. F you for doing that to my show, but I'm going to work around it and shut yeah. you up in my nice, like, 30s speak way because we're in delusion right now. Oh, that's, that's, yeah, no, that's cool. That's a, and that's, that's but it's dangerous though because sometimes that clay is like angry energy right. at an audience from the last <laughs> show and it can unfortunately influence the next show. And sometimes I feel like, especially in last year where my character was the mother vampire and the, you know, my, my children are the audience and I'm supposed to love them <laughs> unconditionally right. and I hated some of them. <laughs> so it was quite a challenge sometimes. Uh, and, and certain shows I really, it, I wasn't my best. Um, yeah. Earlier on in the run, I had a really hard time um, figuring that out for mm. myself because it was a particularly just, it was just a different and, and there were some challenges that, that I had to, we didn't have almost, you know, we have no rehearsal time with Delusion. There's almost no rehearsal time. Urban Death that I'm doing right now, we rehearsed for weeks, you know? It's it's so nice to have that, you know? Yeah. But you don't get it all the time with this kind of stuff because of time, money, whatever, you know? Oh, yeah, no. It's, and particularly because you're in, in the space in particular, right? Like, that's the, yeah, that's the hardest so thing. Yeah, there's technical elements. There's all these sound cues that actors have to start. Well, and so many of the shows, like, just for whatever, you know, Oftentimes, you know, permitting reasons or just like it's so expensive to produce, like the the run will be limited to like a month, two months max, and so you only can crank so many people through. So like the time invested, I get jealous of all the New York shows that manage to. I mean, like Sleep No More started out as an ART project that Punch Drunk did, and then developed over time. So they're able to keep bringing it back to the forge, keep reforming things. Then she fell, came out of like I think three or four different pieces that uh, Third Rail did, one of which was here in Los Angeles uh, at the uh, the Bank of America, uh, yeah, the Bank of America building? Yeah, the Bank of America building, which weirdly enough is where my doctor is. So like there's this, there's this pool there that, that, uh, that they did part of a dance sequence, which became part of the core of Then She Fell. And it's like right in front of the Kaiser office that I go to. And I'm like, that's just funny. <laughs> I go to my doctor and I see like, I'm on a, I'm on a third rail set. That's 
Um, funny. Yeah. Like thinking of your, your doctor, you're like, get out of my mind, other life. Like, yeah. I'm trying to be in this yeah. world right now. Yeah. No, it's, when I realized, like, the doctor moved from, like, the normal Kaiser over to there. And, like, I walked in, I was like, wait a second, this is the pool that, oh, God. It's just, it's following me now. It's like, I cannot escape it. There is no other life. There's only immersive all the damn time. Um, I chose this, I guess. Um, or did it choose me? But you're addicted to it like we are. I mean, in a different way, but you are. Well, yeah. I mean, it's it's um it's funny because I now have like three minds about it, right? And like it's getting harder for me to write about this stuff because there's there's the stuff that I'm starting to call true immersive, which is where the veil is sort of torn between the performers and the audience. Like we're all in the same emotional space. And so we don't have to be in the same state, space of agency. Like, I don't have... It doesn't have to be necessarily where... Well, like, thinking about, like, apartment eight, right? Like, there's cue for responses, but I'm not going to change... I can't change what's going to happen in that scene in terms of the the, the language, you know, it's... The plot isn't so much... It's like, there's a sequence of events, there's things that you, you have to say and do, but... Depending on how, what, I'm, what feedback I'm giving, I can greatly change the emotional flavor of it, um, which is actually the, re- the only reason why like I came back. And I knew I was like, because like there's a few people I guess who came back to that, and like I knew I was stealing someone's spot, but I became really fascinated with the idea of like, you know, I I clicked into something the first time. Oh, you came twice to apartment. I, I, I thought you, you meant you like left the apartment and then came. Back no, no, moment. I came twice. You know, and, the, and the first time, like the second, like the blindfold was taken off, and like, and I saw, and I saw Kate's condition, which was like dead in the bathtub. Uh, spoilers, um, and and looked around. Somehow, I think it was after like, it, it was, I started gravitating toward, gravitating towards one thing, and then whatever like the first phrase of lines were, somehow I clicked into. Oh, I'm a werewolf. Like, I lost it in, like, a frenzy, which is why there's so much blood and why it's, like, a really gory... Because, like, mostly because, like, you had, like, a gash on you. And that was the thing that, like, pushed me that way. Because I was like, okay, like, if it was just, like, a strangulation thing, then I can see Jekyll Hyde, like, you know, bad boyfriend, like, bad boyfriend, like, fucking homicidal asshole boyfriend. (laughs) That. But it was the gash. I was like, oh, that's, like, a claw mark. Whoa. Wait a second. And and this is all happening in, like... Five seconds of just like, okay, it's a werewolf scene. I'm a werewolf, and then like, I played it as if I was a werewolf, oh and God. I and, awesome. and I left, and I was like, <laughs> I was electric, but at the same time, like within five minutes, I was like, would it change at all, or how would it change if I came back and played it as totally like, just just the exact as much of the exact opposite, just like no, not not taking ownership over what happened, right? Like, I played it as, like, I'm taking ownership. It's like, yeah, I did this. I'd do it again. And it's like, all right, what if I come back and it's like, no, I didn't do this. I, I take no responsibility from it. Like, how does that change the the dynamic? Uh, so I approach it like an acting exercise because, like, I have a theater degree. And I know that, like, not everyone does that. In, in this stuff. I think some, maybe maybe actors will like lean a little bit that way. But then there's plenty of stuff when I don't, if there isn't a strong offer from the show and I'm left to my own devices, I'll either just like lean back and be like, show me where you're taking this. I don't know. I don't know how much agency I'm supposed to have here. 
you seem to want to give me a lot of control, but I don't know where the buttons are, mm -hmm. so I'm just going to surf backwards. Or if if the show really seems to like, okay, now is when you do this, then it's just like, I will speak when spoken to, I will give you the thing you want me to give you and like nothing else. Because I often liken it to a partner dance and you don't know the steps. Well, that's the way of putting it, yeah. Yeah. <coughs> but I also know it's plenty of people, <laughs> I know plenty of people who jump in and it's like, they want to dance the dance they want to dance. Like they don't, do you, do you get totally, that? Totally, because it's like safe and, um, you know, particularly... Do people try to derail apartment eight in that way? Did people like want to take control of the scene? Mm -hmm, yeah, yeah, that was. But, but that was like you know that's part of their defense. Like deep down, they want to go there. Yeah. And they're just having some trust issues. And it's my job. I mentioned the story with um, when we, at the USC talk because it's really like it impacted everything since the moment it happened. But I wasn't getting people to answer this key question that was personal. And when I asked Annie. I was like telling her that and, and, and I was like, what should I say instead? And, you know, and she was like, you're sounding kind of actory because she could hear everything through the door. And I guess I was being like, and I was, I was like more weirdly like emotional that night, like, or like it became more about my performance. It was just at the beginning. So I was mm. like still thinking, um, uh, like, how am I doing? Like I wasn't, I didn't have the confidence that I sort of gained by <clears throat> the, feedback later but right. like but like how am I doing and then it became so much about not not my performance there evermore right. um we was like it is I my sole thing is to get them to trust me and like um um it's okay that they don't trust me right away like yeah. I, I I like I can't judge in that way I can't do that because like I have to I have to, I like I have to work with w yeah. with their agenda like and then break them is there is there an approach, um, and, and Dasha, maybe maybe you can lean in here on this one because like I know you've you, there's like a there's a, there's a seance piece that happened down at Sinister Point that you that you doing which I only found out about after the fact. Yeah, that was super fun. And actually, I, the only reason I got that show was because of Jackie, who produces Delusion. She recommended me to Sinister Point because um, they wanted to revamp the show. Is is there the reason why I bring up the seance thing and 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 sort of like the the, the a bit of the mystic because like in in Covell, which you guys are going to be going off to go do after this talk, you you play the the fortune teller. Yes. And even though like it's there's a key you know kind of there's steps there's there's things that you're you're creating outcomes for in order to frame like the the structure of the game that happens in the piece. But is there a bit when it comes to like doing one on one with someone, is there a little bit of cold read action that happens or like how do you you got such little time to like connect with someone. I'm wondering if there's, if there's, I don't know, things you're looking for. We've talked about eye contact as as part of the toolkit, but I'm wondering, I'm wondering if you can you guys can lift up the Pandora's box a little bit here. I think in the first couple seconds, even just with how someone sits down across from you, mm -hmm. you can figure out their energy mm -hmm. and whether they're like I'm ready I'm willing I will what do you want me to do or if they're like I do this shit all the time what do you impress me or if they're like I've never done anything like this what is happening <laughs> um, you know there are two there there are a variety of like energies you can really if you've done this kind of work for a year or two you can you get good at instantly assessing that and then once you know you kind of have different 
energy. Like you have the same lines, mm-hmm. but I do them in very different ways with different people. Mm. And also Annie's show, Covell, was great in that she gives you alternate lines. I have like seven lines I can pull from that's like either this or this, depending on what's happening. You know, if people are coming, uh, if people are coming up to me and being nosy while I'm with someone else, I can say, Shan Shan the nosy one. Or I can say, or sometimes if they're really, you know, uh, if I feel like they need a better schooling and they are being kind of cocky about owning or thinking that they own uh, what's going on, the other one is, don't listen to other people's fortunes unless you want yours cursed. (laughs) And that really gets them to go away. And then I'm like, did you listen? And they're like, no, no. I'm like, you were standing right here next to me. Of course, you're lying to me. <laughs> you know? So, but, but they, they love that. They want that. That's why they're standing and encroaching because mm-hmm. they love this stuff so much. So it's fun to play with that and like poke at them too. But yeah, I mean, I think, I don't know. I think you'd say that yeah. too, that it's pretty easy to um, gauge off the bat, like which direction you're going to mm-hmm. lead them and how you're going to lead them. Totally, totally. Totally. Um, I think like a, a, we have a data bank that like has been um, processing a lot of different people's um, data like through our subconscious and like even things that I'm not even sure I'm a- aware of. Like I, I'm like, I see this thing. Oh, it's that person. That person was like this and this person you had to go like this to do that. And like you just have this little, I mean, it's intuition partially, but intuition is like, I think like a collection of these like little micro expressions that like we have learned after um, doing this process. I have to say like Cloak and Dagger has so much to do with like that data bank because there's like just a huge spectrum of the type of people that are. Oh yeah. Because some people are super Cloak and Dagger. If you don't know about it, is a. Well, can you guys even like talk? No, about we can. no. We're not. We're not. I mean, all all it is really is a. It's a members-only dark music nightclub, but yeah. it has it has kind of performance art and immersive elements that are really awesome mm-hmm. and really fun for the patrons if you become lucky enough to be a member. <laughs> but um, I know, never I never know how much one can actually talk. Oh, he's like, like I don't know what anyone's talking about. So. <laughs> no, no, you you don't know what we're talking about, yeah. and that's great. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, but no, the, but their folks don't necessarily know what they're getting into exactly so then like then i think that that's where we've learned a lot of different wild like uh wilder like things that we have to rein in like learn those skills because there's been just like people just you know nobody ready for this yeah you get rejected more often when it's like a context where like you know, like in Mary Overly stuff, we would be doing it to a complete stranger, like walk right. up to someone and they'd be like, who are you? Get away from me, crazy person. You know, like that, that was, it's kind of similar right. in that way where exactly, it was like for, exactly. for the public kind of, that's not expecting it, you know? Um, but, but yeah, I mean that, that definitely, I think it's like a nice way to like sharpen your claws or something, yeah. you know, yeah. like, because then you get all sorts of reactions and some people are mean to you and you have to mm-hmm. be able to deal with that. Um, it's like, it, it is a way to like, hone your skills in this kind of like in the moment uh 
work that we do. Why yeah. are you cracking up? Because you just showed me your claws, and then I got, and then I got an image of like a room full of cats, like all the scratching posts, and then I got an image of like a a, a, a cat cafe called the Scratching Post. <laughs> That it features both cats and then like people dressed as cats, and so it's immersive. And like you walk in, and there's like a series of people dressed as cats, like scratching on scratching posts on the wall. Sorry, wow. this it's is how my brain Japan. goes. It's definitely wow. already. Yeah. I should have said like a tool to sharpen your knife no, that you use no. in the craft. That, that would have that would have just done. I would have done some weird samurai sword thing. Like I have a very active visual imagination. No, but I thought it was like an accurate analogy. I feel like more appropriate than sharpening your sword yeah. because like you are like using your interior tools like your yeah. your metaphorical claws like and I'm the, definitely I mean I'm a cat so. yeah, yeah totally it makes it makes no it, it absolutely it absolutely makes sense um and now just the images stuck in my head is all, like I'm, I have yeah we'll have Caitlin Schiller illustrate it for you oh god <laughs> <laughs> she did a very good Caitlin Schiller uh plays uh the tiger that is not a lion but uh but is totally a lion but is a tiger uh, in Covell, and at the end, uh, we'll do sketches for people. And she did a very she's incredible. She, yeah. Yeah. she's so good at what she's doing in the show. Yeah, she had yeah. A, she made a very uh, Rumiko, Rumiko Takahashi, which is the Ranma one half creator uh, like caricature of me. And I was like, oh my god, <laughs> I was like, I was stoked about that. It's also when I had like the crazier, fuller beard. Um, yeah. Way to, way to derail. Like I said, it's a conversation. It doesn't necessarily always make sense, even to me, like which way it's going to go. Um, what, t- talk to me about, let's talk about Covell and like working this kind of like kind of vaudevillian party atmosphere. And uh, I, I imagine. I imagine the clientele for this, like, they, they know what they, well, they might not know exactly what they're getting into, but they're probably fairly enthusiastic in terms of their interest in immersive and interactive. So, like, what's what's that crowd been like? What's yeah, I mean, at, at like? such a high price point, the tickets were $175. And going forward, actually, since we're leaving it open and people can book us out for a show if they get a group together of 8 to 16 people, it's actually cheaper if you can get 16 people. I think it averages out, if you do it during the week and not a weekend, it's like 133 per person. So yeah, you're it actually, drops down quite a bit. You're yeah. saving money if you book us out. Yeah. But, um, yeah, no, it's... it's uh, yeah, it's been, um, a, in general, the a really fun because, crowd. Yeah, <laughs> because, because they're, like, they're drinking. They're, they're ready and they're drinking. drinking. That's yeah. true. And that helps a lot. It, it's just, like, this kind of, like, special party vibe. Um, like... You're entering, like, a circus-y, like magical land, you know? It's, it's, it is, yeah. it's a party, and it's about drinking, and it's about... Like you know, thinking about about life and also and and being tested and and right. you know it's it's and but, there's this level of absurdity that I think like that everybody's playing with that makes people like um, silly like or more mm. like I'm gonna just do this yeah because the characters- oh fun okay that was everybody seemed to like enjoy when I did that weirdly thing yeah yeah the audience is invited to like be you know as competitive as they can be and you know and really like let their stuff out and like fight for for winning the game you know um so that people get into that is of course as soon you know as as they're drinking, they get more and more into it, and you know. But they um, don't know what the game is, or what, or how to win. So, like, they try these different mo- modes, and that can be really fun and playful for 
for like the audience member. That's true. For the whole show, like the yeah. And it, if it wasn't for Annie Lesser's incredible words throughout this whole show, if it was just you come in and you interact with these characters, it wouldn't be worth one hundred and seventy-five dollars. Mm-hmm. Annie's mm-hmm. writing is worth one hundred and seventy-five dollars when you make a show with really talented people saying these words because I just love, I think she's the best writer I work with right now, honestly, writer of words. Mm. Um, maybe not like, you know, I mean, there's, there's so many different kinds of a, this kind of stuff. I mean, the, the, the poetry that she manages to like conjure up. Oh, it's beautiful. Is, is really amazing. And that, and I think, I think in Covell more than any of the other shows, it's, it's the, that aspect of her comes through. And it is the structure of the show. It's what keeps it what creates the the thing that you are like, oh no, there was it wasn't just like free form three hour experience. There's an actual there is a real structure to this show. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, there's 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 a and, and what's been interesting is hearing tale of like, you know, once it's over people not really wanting to leave. And and I definitely <laughs> had that experience yeah. just seeing like your guys' last rehearsal before the first preview, which was like getting out into the world and being like Particularly because, like, I live around here. I mean, you know how far we are from oh, yeah. Cavell right now. And so, like, I just went on my constitutional afterwards. And I was like, you know, I'm just about three blocks away. I could just wander by. <laughs> yeah. like that, 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 that magnetic pull of that world. There's this world that's, it's like, fun there. world. It's a fun world. Yeah. It's a really fun. With yeah. fun people, like, that you liked engaging with. And that, like, you, you, know, you know when you're at a party and, like, and these you meet people that you had never met before, but they're all like making you feel like you belong at this party and like you feel funnier and you're like, and this whole vibe is happening. I think, and you're, you're able to like be and say things that you wouldn't normally do. I feel like that's like this, this weird upside down party that you get to go to. And it's hard to leave at the end because like it means, not the party. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. No, every, every time like a... Uh, and you can't really go back unless yeah. you want to buy another whole ticket. Yeah. You know? and, and I've had that experience. Like when I went to the Grand Paradise, like I left there and I instantly ate like I had a bad breakup and then like knew I had to go back. And I'm like, I'm riding... I'm, it's like midnight. I'm riding back on the subway in New York to like like what's going to be like an hour and a half long journey because it was like really, really late. And I'm sitting there on a car by myself, going like, "I just got to get back there somehow. I got to get back there." Like, you, and and that's that's part of it. Do you find that when the audience, when you know the audience is joining you in the world of the show, does that up your level the way like working with like a good actor can up up the yeah. level? I always found like if I'm working with a good actor when I was performing, like it raised my level up. So. I mean, like if you're, they're just like. Um, uh, giving you something like then there's just like more to play with. I think there's there's it's really fun. Like when the murderer uh, Mike the murderer, I like to call him. He just <laughs> yeah. like had a really detailed, elaborate answer to Dasha's <laughs> question. Like how how would you kill somebody? Yeah. Um, and it was like oh god, has he killed somebody? And it just like it made the joke that I'm supposed to say right. afterwards way more funny. Yes, yes. And then just like and then. He, uh, I don't know. He just gave so much to that moment. There's been so many moments like that where somebody the audience like magnifies the moment. Like it's yeah. an opportunity for the audience, and if they mm-hmm. take it, it can turn into this flower. It's like a mm-hmm. seed, and like if you water it as an audience member, mm-hmm. there is a flower there. Right. Yeah. But you might not find them the first time, which is why people like to go back to these things because they know that there are these whatever Easter eggs or things to find. 
People, people say that a lot. Yeah. Like a, no, I get it now. It's just perfect. I You've just, never like, heard that term with no. this kind of theater? Though? No, I hadn't. Okay. No, I, I really, oh. I, I just really love it. It's perfect. Well, I have an Easter egg in, I, I have a Russian Easter egg. They're all like painted. Um, and I have one in Covell on my big table of stuff that Miss Vaga has. She has so there's a literal stones. Easter egg in Covell. Oh, it's it's pretty big. You didn't you didn't see it? <laughs> wow. <laughs> I was I was undistracted by other things. No, no, you were at the rehearsal. I was at the rehearsal. Oh, was it wasn't yet? at the rehearsal. Oh, okay. So. Well, there you go. Sorry for judging. No, it's all right. Well, you know, I mean, like, it's entirely possible that, like, you know, I'll become part of some, like, I don't know. I don't think there's a term for like 15 or 16 people. I was about to say sextet. No, that's like six people. That would that would be a little bit. <laughs> um, also, because like the that rehearsal, I think there was like. Is it eight of us or something like that? It was yeah. relatively small. So like I imagine the dynamic changes. I mean, it was a lot. the roughest form of the show that ever existed. Oh I mean, yeah. I, we were terrified that you were there. Like it was, it was so just, hard like, to flying do by the seat of our pants. It felt like like every okay, like whew, okay, okay, we're making it past this point. Like yeah, because memorizing all of that text was challenging. We didn't have a lot of time, honestly, with the text. No. So um, yeah, it was stressful, <laughs> but it was great because. You guys were a great audience, yeah. and, and it was a great audience to sharpen our claws against. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, totally, because because um, uh, you were such an awesome audience. I think we all realized that suddenly in that show, it was like, oh, this is what it is. Mm, like, yeah. this is what it can be. Like, oh, my God. And you don't really know with the immersive theater know. what it is until you do it with real That's people. That's such yeah. a good point. It's so completely true. Yeah. No, and that's often when I, when I turn and when I talk to people about the form, uh, particularly creators who are like trying to like navigate through, and I'm like, look, if you if you could just run this thing without an audience and it doesn't really change, then you're not you're not working immersive. You're not working true immersive, right? Like it's it's got to from the level of just like how you how you traverse the space, and then into like piercing the veil. You know, like if if there's no one to like ground into and connect with, and that was, you know, a couple of weeks ago. Um, when this airs, uh, we did like a workshop with uh, one of the people from Third Rail, and watching the pieces go from here's a movement phrase to all right here's a movement phrase where like we've we've put some narrative into okay now strip the narrative back out to now add an audience anchor, and it was the moment of adding the audience anchor of like making eye contact that whether I was sitting outside of it or I was inside of it completely fucking changed everything, and. And it was really interesting to be in the performer role in there because literally stuff that just felt floaty that I that I had designed myself. I was like, now I put my hand here and I do this and then like, you know, like I tug like I'm being pulled in through like a through a curtain. Stuff that felt was like, all right, I'm not really connecting. Just the moment of like putting my hand behind the curtain when I had someone to look back to and be like, you see what I'm doing? Like <clears throat> anchored it. Like mm. it no longer it no longer felt just like flippity floppity, mm. but it felt like there was intention the entire way through. Mm. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean the audience is everything with immersive. It really, it really is. I felt so that kind of moment with delusion too, because the moment when I look up in the last show, uh, when I'm eating the rat, and then I look up and I see my children and I recognize them finally. Um, I, that that moment, like I've been working on it as an actor, and that it was going to be a very, for me, powerful and intense moment. But with you, I remember, and with um, this woman Nicole, who's a huge fan of uh, Delusion, she's come, she came multiple, multiple times last year, and comes many times to each show. 
there was such giving over to the world. It's like mm. they were better actors in that moment than I was because they were like, I am your, I am your child mom. And she was crying. Oh, and wow. I looked at her and, I, and it made me cry and it made me really feel more like the character. Yeah. And there were, I just remember there was, a, I don't remember exactly what it was, but there was a moment with you that you said something and it was so in the world and so like a detail that only... Well, I only spent two years vampire LARPing, so... <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Yeah, for you, that show in particular was... was oh, yeah. kid in a goddamn candy oh, store. Sure. Like The second they're like, you are... They were like, you are the half vampiric children. I was like, are we Dampier? And then the next thing they're like, oh, oh the Dampier here. I was like, yes! And that was when I knew. I was like, oh, they know the term Dampier. I'm with my people. <laughs> right? you know, the rest of the crowd I was with was like, what's a Dampier? It's like, not a Dampier. Them <laughs> <laughs> oh my god i know and john writes for the hardcore nerd fans of what he's doing with all the folklore and stuff too so oh, yeah. yeah i mean you're the perfect audience member for that kind of stuff and you do really you should know you give your you give the actors that you come see you give them a lot and it's really great it it's feels human. really really great and it's very useful stuff for us. I, I like to flippantly say it's cheaper than taking an acting class. Um, <laughs> but um, but that's, I mean, that's the thing I'm always chasing in it. And that, like, gets back to, like, like that, that mindset, right? Like, the th I'm of three minds of the pieces right now. And as, as someone, uh, as a fan, and as a student of the form, I'm very interested in that moment the veil you know, tears away and the moment when I as the I as the actor who is forced to improvise is merely trying to navigate through a world where everyone else it's almost like an actor's nightmare. Everyone else knows the script but me. Yeah. So true. like how am I gonna figure out the script? I wanna give the right thing to keep pushing the scene forward, uh, both emotionally and, and narratively. And so like that's that and and then the critic part of me in the middle has to judge the show based on what it's trying to accomplish because not every show wants to take you there right but it's also it's, it becomes hard for me to get like excited about talking about a show that whether from the the advocacy side or from the fan side that isn't giving the opportunity for mm -hmm. that and, and i may miss the opportunity there's plenty of shows where it's like that was my moment oh crap you know um yeah because it's like it's a heightened reality thing all the time um, what would you, how would you all like to see the scene here? I've never asked this question of anybody. Uh, how would you like to see the scene here evolve? Like, things are fun right now. Is, is, is there oh, man. artistic or other kind of goals for this? Yeah, I mean, I think that uh, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of people that, you know, in this city that haven't discovered it yet that I think could, could really use it in their life like people we had people come to Covell that were like forensic scientists and she's like I control everything in my environment all the time and I see these dead bodies and I have to figure out like what happened and write this whole story and I have all this control in my life and I need I love this stuff because I am controlled and I don't have to control anymore and I can just be led through a thing and mm. there's a lot of people that aren't in the arts at all that I think can really benefit from immersive theater. It's almost like therapeutic in a way. It really yeah. can be. I've had moments as Miss Vago when I'm reading their fortunes at the end and I and we're both like crying, like really crying about their life and what I'm telling them and things that they've it's real. It's 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 um powerful. 
So I would love to be able to somehow, you know, have the, you know, become more visible in terms of these for these shows to become more visible for wider audiences. Um, you know, somehow getting it to people that uh, I don't know. I think that could definitely happen in LA. Yeah. Um, having wider audiences and having and there are people out there with tons of money that would love to sponsor these things. They just don't know about them. Mm. So that's a big part because it's so hard to put on such a complicated and detailed show when you're, you know, Annie Lesser and like she has, a, you know, an income from being a photographer and all these other things, but it's really hard to do yourself. And yeah. if she had a sponsor, she could go and just go free and like do what she really wants to do. And um, I think I'd love to fight to, to get her some, you know, like that. I think that would be great for in terms of ABC project and, and us continuing to work on that. But, um, but in terms of it itself, uh, I mean, people are always going to crave the more intense versions and like, you know, once you've done it, you want more and more. So mm -hmm. I feel like it's probably, you know, like tension experience and, you know, like th these things are getting very intense now. And there is a lot of, I think the audience in LA is, has started to really trust the groups that are making these things. Yeah. So, I mean, there's there's further to go, I think. Kate, what about you? Yeah, uh, yes and to all of that. Um, <laughs> and it's true, though. Um, def I just, like, there's been little twists and turns in my short time uh, experiencing immersive theater that's like, whoa, this is a level above that, and this is this level, and like, yeah, I mean, wider audience and greater the depth of the wormhole you're going down, I guess, um, like different facets of yourself, like, uh, part of the reason why I love immersive theater so much is like, um, you, it, it's it's uh, ability to also be reality and yeah. like not and show you a place that you didn't think you could go or makes you question what is real in you or in the world or between two people. I think um, that being explored is with greater depth and in different ways. Maybe in different ways is what I'm more excited about. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then also just like the blend of this with um, VR, I think is just like that. That has come up so much. Like I don't know if that's ever going to capture what this what it exactly is, is exactly but I no. But I'm really interested in the ways in it might have the same effect. Um, yeah, there's yeah. there's there's big unexplored territory. Yeah, that just like there. Yeah, yeah. and I think <clears throat> I don't know. Like some parts of VR, the the impulse seems to be trying to. Give more and more control over to the play to the players as they will think about it. Uh, I know Google is working on like the AI scripting or to like you know oh let people really like you know define their own narratives and whatnot. But what is interesting to me about immersive as a form is its ability to create connection mm -hmm, and yeah. and it won't be exactly the same. But I can see how I'm always seeing how like they're they're deeply related. Yeah. And and there's more than one person in this town who's like seeing the same thing right, and, like right. and if it's done well yeah 
Like, like, like John Braver's doing uh, with the Skybound, they're doing, uh, they're filming part of Lies Within. Yeah, I was just on set for that. It oh, wow. Is amazing looking. I'm, I'm not in, he's like doing a, um, yeah, so they're beginning yeah. that whole, that whole Lies Within story, which um, I think was like a fan favorite in terms of story for Delusion. Um, and yeah, it's, it's going to be incredibly beautiful and awesome but it's also not exactly delusion like you can't speak you know and and, yeah. and 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 have the actors mold and shape to what you just said you know like that's that's part really part of the magic so it is it's a different thing. a different experience yeah. yes but where you might not be able to speak um without being heard in a certain way i think there's an opportunity for people who wouldn't even speak in the room because they're that kind of person but if they're by themselves mm. in their virtual world what experience might they go to being by themselves yeah. i think like you can That's get to point. some deep places yeah because yeah, somebody brought that up in that that made me think of it there was somebody yeah. at that usc talk that uh, like questioned if it was just gonna ever be the same and it was like, well, we don't know. And then I was just really thinking, like, well, and then I know, yeah. I know there's there's a there's a whole level to it where, you know, this and this part's public knowledge. You know, ILM for a while was and still has the capacity to like render render VR characters in real time with like an actor on a mocap stage. And oh. so one of the things Ooh, they were doing cool. was that they were having. Um, oh they, yeah, when that starts happening, th that changes the whole ballgame. Oh, here's here's what gets interesting. This is something they can already do. So they'll stick you in VR. They'll stick the 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 actor on the mocap stage, like on the other side of a scrim, and suddenly you're in VR interacting with C3PO, and the actor is playing C3PO. You see C3PO. The actor is of That's course cool. covered in the mocap, like yeah. you know. Take suit. it back. You can totally do it with. <laughs> <laughs> But it's gonna be. It's still gonna be like you'll go to some place and like put on you know something and then you go from there. So like, and the funny thing is, we're only at the for all of this stuff. We're only at the beginning yeah. of of the adventure. So there's so, so much exciting. fun to be had. I know. Yeah. <laughs> That's the best place to end. Okay. <laughs> Once again, I want to thank Dasha Kittredge and Kate Lane for being our guests on the show this time out. You can catch them all over the place. Kate's going to be in the reprise of Apartment 8 at Fringe. She's up in the chalet up at Overlook. Dasha, as you know, is in Urban Death right now. And they're good, so they'll keep on turning up. What do you know? Um, how do you find us? How do you find this, this amazing thing called No Persinium? Well... You go to nopersinium.com, and that's got links to everything we do, left and right, up, down, all over the place. The Medium Collection, where all those reviews and the essays and everything else I was talking about, that's medium.com slash no-persinium. On Facebook, we're nopersinium. On Twitter, we're nopersinium. The Facebook group, where you can find out from the community about everything immersive, is called Everything Immersive. It, it was kind of a stroke of genius. It was mostly desperation, but then it, I, it's brilliant. I, I, I'm, I'm very proud of it, the accident. Trial and error. Amazing. If you want up-to-the-minute ticket alert information and to just kind of have a place to hang out and just chat with other immersive theater fans and creators, and it's really great for the creators, 
Um, yeah. <laughs> just felt like I sounded like a certain someone. And I'm like, no, no let's not go there. Um, the Slack community. And to get into the Slack or to send us a tip about a show that we need to know about, you email us at noah at nopersinium.com. It's easier to remember than ever. So ask to join the Slack, give us tips on shows, etc. The Patreon to support the show is patreon.com slash nopersinium. Um, I'm at Noah J. Nelson on Twitter. Why you'd want to follow me, I do not know. It's just mostly about Star Wars and comic books these days because I, I can't even keep up with the news anymore. It makes me sad. Um, I'm keeping up with them, just not talking about it as much. Um, that's it. That's that's this massive, massive show. Um, you know, looking forward, there's there's so much more to come. And this was episode 94. We got six more episodes or, yeah, six more episodes and that equals episode 100. Bad with math right now. It's really late, guys. Um, We've got some special stuff planned then. Uh, We've got so many fascinating subjects coming up in the weeks ahead. I'm excited. Um, You'll find out soon enough. Just, Just hold your horses. Um, all right, that's it. Oh, um, wait a second. I, I forgot something in the big thing of anything that's going on. Um, I'm going to be at VRLA this weekend, uh, also on the 15th, before I go to up to see Urban Death. Uh, VRLA is the biggest virtual reality expo uh, in the country, maybe the world. And uh, there's going to be all sorts of fascinating stuff there. You guys should really, if you're there, you got to check out the Mind Show booth. You really want to do that. Um, I'll talk some more about that on the show next week. I was going to talk about this week, uh, in like the open, but, um, it was just like, no, there's no time. The, the, the point is they've refined their demo and then also like, oh, this sounds nerdy. No, 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 no. Like they're doing fantastic work with this digital puppet toy platform thing. And they're unlocking a few features that are it's really going to be special. And frankly, I can't wait till this community gets their hands on that toy. That's what I want to see. I really want to see that. All right, folks, that's the show. Um, VRLA, Urban Death, all that's out there. Going to be around, doing that here, doing that there. Check out the Willows. Check out the other side. Oh, my God, the other side. The other side's opening that weekend in May, too. God, I forgot about that. That was a rehearsal I just came back from. See, you, got the, you stuck around. You stuck around for the good stuff, all the stuff that Noah forgot because he was trying to cram everything else in. All right, so the other side, it's a dance theater piece, immersive. Uh, our, our buddy Jamie Peterson is working on it. Anyway, we'll talk more about it on the show next week, but it's also part of that killer weekend in May. Just, just so much stuff that first weekend in May. Summer arrives. Um, okay, that's it. That's all you get from me. That's all you need from me. Until next week, I'll see you at the show. <laughs>